and welcome to episode 21 of the Multifarious Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in with us today. We hope you guys are enjoying the content that we're putting out. Today's guest is an old friend of mine, Connor Osmond. Ozzy is an old friend from the old days back in Ottawa. Him and I and a few of our other buddies were in Army Cadets the same year. Uh, very interesting year. I learned a lot of things about life, stuff in general. Um, we were kind of drawn to each other because of our very similar intuitive sense of morality. Obviously, we all grew up. I consumed a lot of literature and became more cynical of the military and politics in general. But they're still OGs. I really enjoyed catching up with them. And so Ozzy just finished basic training, so his first course with the military. And so I wanted to just see how I was doing, but also learn a little bit about the kind of fitness that they'd had in the army. I'd also kind of done programming for another friend of mine who was potentially going to start. And so I'd kind of done a lot of research and kind of guesswork as to how to best prepare himself for, you know, military fitness, because I don't know how it went. And so it was interesting to see that my hypotheses and the way that I instructed stuff for him were actually pretty similar to what he did, what uh, what Ozzy did in basic. So it was pretty cool to learn. Uh, had some fun catching up with him. I hope you guys enjoy the episode as well. Uh, if you're interested, find Ozzy on Instagram at Connor with two N's dot Osmond, O-S-M-O-N-D. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, DM me on Instagram at saluji underscore A or shoot me an email, new email, no longer info at multifariestrength.com. It is now coaching at multifariestrength.com. I have talked for long enough. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode. Yeah, so how long do you have left before you go back for your DP1? So I fly out of here on the 4th. So yeah, yeah, and then I have a stopover in Edmonton. Uh, stay in Edmonton for a night and then I catch the shuttle back to Wainwright so in all honesty I start course on the 7th that's when we report back so it's it's six days but it's more like four days yeah oh that's fair so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to man like to be honest the the break has been great but I I honestly I can't wait to get back there yeah I know I understand and so how exactly does the next course differ from basic training? So this one is is really more trade specific in what uh, us as infantiers are going to be doing. Basic was pretty much, you know, it's the same course that everyone in the military goes through, uh, regardless your trade or element. So it's just, it's the same thing for everyone. So what's going on here so dp1 stands for development period one so that's where the trade specific stuff comes in so we're going to be working a lot more with infantier things so we're doing a cqc which is a close quarter combat so that's uh that's hand-to-hand bayonet that kind of thing um and then for up until about week uh it's either week seven or week eight of the course Basically, the structure is going to be, you know, you're in the classroom Monday, Tuesday, learning about a weapon. And then Wednesday onward for the rest of the week, you're firing that weapon. So we're going to have a regular like a a C7 week just as a refresher because C7s are what we shot on basic. But then we're going to have machine gun week, we're going to have rocket launcher week, grenades, small arms, 
just all the cool shit that nobody else in the army gets to do. So it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, and that's why I'm, I'm raring to go back. And then along with that, along with all the weapons training, got more field training. So in basic, we did a four day and a three day for our, uh, our time out in the field. Uh, this course, we got two five days and Ooh. a nine. Oh, that's going to make sense. That's going to take up uh, a, a good chunk as well. That makes sense. So how long is it in total? Total, it's, uh, it's around 12, 13 weeks. Okay, yeah, uh, it's going to go into winter, dude. It's going to get cold. Yeah, we finish, uh, we finish early December. Oh, dude, that's going to be brutal. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I don't know, that's, it is what it is. But I, I honestly, I think I'd rather do it in the cold than the heat. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, the like- yeah, yeah at least you can bundle up, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that makes sense. And so then where to after that? So once the course finished, once we're, once we're trained, um, we get assigned battalion. So depending on where we, uh, there, there's a point of, you know, where you, where you want to go. Like if you had like a, a preference of, uh, of where you want to be stationed at or posted at. So, but for the most part, most of us are, are preloaded. We're, we're slated for, um, for three VP. So that's in Edmonton. Um, but I know that a couple of guys, they have like some preferences. Um, some want to go, uh, RCR. I think uh, two or three that want to go out east, actually to two RCR, Gagetown. Um, so they can just write a memo, write a request, and they'll they'll probably uh, they'll probably get it. Um, but yeah, so after that, assigned battalion in Edmonton, and then Christmas leave. Okay. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, dude. And so I, I'm curious. Like, obviously, I I have a very cursory understanding from the research that I've done about the reserves and the Red Force. So how do tours and deployments work like i understand with obviously with the reserves you can choose like you're not you know, told to go anywhere now obviously your reg force do you if like if you're like if your regiment like the 3vp end up going somewhere are you like just roped along with them or do you have any sort of finer say in the matter in terms of stuff like that or could you just choose to be stationed on base kind of thing so with the with the way that it works you need to be um for for anyone to be able to go you need to be uh you need to dag green which basically means you have to be uh, uh, fit to deploy. So a couple of things that would play into that is if you were to leave, are you, uh, are you financially stable? If you have a family, would they be able to uh, support themselves in your absence and that kind of thing? Um, vaccines are up to date. Uh, if you're going to any place that requires that, if, uh, if you know, you're, you're physically healthy, physically fit, so if you, uh, if you dag green all these, different, uh, all these different requirements, then you're more than likely uh, just slated to go. And you would have to have a reason. You would have to write a memo um, to not go, basically. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so before we kind of get into the training thing, because I'm curious a little bit about that, um, what was the environment like? you know with the people like you mentioned some good some bad you know obviously we've had a lot of conversations about more moral things um you know what do you think about that as a whole because obviously like you know i was planning to join the right force from very early on but my main reservation with it was exactly like 
just the ethical concern, more for myself, like, you know, the idea of just surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. And so how did you find that? Was it what you expected, better or worse? Um, that's a great question. It was, like I, like I said from before, it was a mix of the two, definitely. There's very stark differences, especially, uh, especially early on when people were still leaving and stuff like that. I did find myself aligning with the uh, with the right people, but obviously, it didn't. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen quickly. Luckily, from from very early on, the uh, the guy that I was in, in a in a room with and who ended up being my my fire team partner, he uh, he's a great guy. He's uh, he's from small town Ontario, from a from a farm just absolute like just just a country guy and so we aligned pretty well and it's really based on performance how you find the right people because in the situations that we're put in you can't underperform or else you're automatically like you're you're bringing down the team that's just how how it all works so if we're rocking and you you know, you underperform, you fall out of the rock or you, you can't do it, then automatically you don't want to be that guy. And so it's almost like you're ostracized, which is difficult for people that honestly can't complete it. But for also those that are unable to complete or just don't have the mental willpower to do it, you don't really want to be associated with them just because you don't want to be seen as a quitter. So as long as you perform well, you'll automatically like be a step up with people that you want to be around. And I suppose that's when it kind of gets more into people that you want to develop friendships with mm -hmm. and who you really gravitate towards. And I, I found that definitely, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm staying with a, with a guy that I met from course. I mean, I didn't, he was a stranger like 12 weeks ago, but I'm staying with him in Victoria. So definitely i found people that i've clicked with and there are good people that you can uh, relate with on on a lot of levels and it's almost like the experience that we go through really fuses that it really weeds out all the differences because you have all that shared experience and if you don't see eye to eye on something it is what it is yeah that's cool and it's cool to see obviously you know the idea of the bonding that happens in military settings is something that's ground you know, a lot of people understand over here about it. So it's cool to see that even at a, you know, at a very early level, I would say in your military career that it's still, it's still being developed, which I think is pretty cool. And so obviously you'd mentioned like the strength thing, obviously, because you lifted, you know, very, very, very consistently at a very high, high, at pretty high level, especially for, you know, people our age where you started, what was the, what was the fitness like? Because I've talked to some people who've dealt with guys who've been in the military or law enforcement, et cetera. And generally speaking, the level of fitness, not level of fitness, but rather the awareness of fitness does not seem to be up to par in terms of what's healthiest or what people need most. There tends to be overlooking injuries or whatever, or just lack of awareness around certain things that may cause injuries, but are still kept as part of army fitness for the sake of tradition or something. So you know, you having had experience with lifting, having a sort of a finer tooth comb in order to comb through exercises, know what's beneficial, what isn't. How did you find uh, the kind of stuff that you did in basic? Well, to, to break it down, 
we had a more or less we had two kinds of PT. We had a, we had PT with our staff, and then we had PT with uh, PSP. So uh, the uh, the fitness personnel on base that uh, that work at the gym. Right away, it was very cardio based. Almost almost everything there was a there was a run involved or some form of cardio aspect. So I could tell that right away. That was a. It was maybe like you said something something programmed in. Um, because I could definitely see a, uh, a lack in my uh, physical capability right off the bat, because it was more than like a warm up, right? You know how you and I, if we, if we were to warm up, we do, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of incline walking, you know, before we get into our lift. Uh, this was like a, this was like a kilometer, kilometer run just above a jog before you got into the real stuff. So that's something that I could see that could impact performance. Um, because whatever PT that we had, it was after after the cardio base, if it wasn't just cardio in itself with our staff, um, it was very much so like body weight CrossFit. <laughs> like it was a lot of uh, a lot of rounds, a lot of do this, do that, do that, repeat, um, all body weight, uh, throw in like a lap, like a run somewhere in there. So could see what it was getting at it was a very it was very different to what I'm used to obviously um it was I suppose it was beneficial but it definitely on a on an injury standpoint it like there wasn't any any real thought put towards that it was like okay let's active stretch before static stretch after and then that was it there wasn't anything taken into consideration uh like physical limitations or anything like that and I found I found issue with that um, a couple of times because some of the exercises were just you know it's not like they were difficult but it was like we were doing so much your muscles start to get tight and then you couldn't perform the exercise yeah I mean and it, part of it lends itself to the idea of like what is specific to the kind of training that they're doing like at some level what is a infantry guy need to bench for he doesn't bench in the field right the kind of fitness is really just to prepare you for the suck and to be able to just put you through as much pain and discomfort as humanly possible and in, you know ensure that you can endure it so i suppose you know in that context if that is the purpose they probably are pretty good at that had a, a good while to get it right but so like in terms of the what you termed the bodyweight crossfit what kind of like so what kind of exercises or circuits specifically did you do for example um, it would be, uh, like I said, it would be staff dependent. So we would have different staff running our, uh, our morning PT sessions. So some guys were, uh, were more like upper body oriented. I know that our, uh, our platoon commander, she was, a uh, she was very like lower body oriented. So it was a good mix, but in general, um, like, uh, there were dynamic pushups. So like the, uh, the Cobra pushup, uh, Spider-Man pushups, and that would be like one rep and you do sets of that um for for upper body and things like that uh for lower body um a lot of crawls so like across the field like a lot of bear crawls a lot of low crawls um a lot of inchworms things like that uh lunges jumping squats uh jumping lunges jumping burpees um just 
things like that. A lot of, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of hit, like real, real, uh, real high intensity. And then you would just, you jog back. So a lot of cardio hit. That makes sense. And so do you expect any, anything more specific on the fitness side as you sort of get specialized in terms of trade? Um, not really too sure. I know for a fact that there's going to be less kind of PT like that on, uh, on DP one, um, because we're just, we're going to be rucking so much. We're going to be rucking at least, um, probably anywhere between 40 and 60 K a week with, uh, with full kit and everything. So just when your body's at that point, PT would pretty much just PT like that might just send you over the edge injury wise. Um, but when it comes to specialized and, and what you need to perform, then I'm sure that there are, there are options or there are, uh, there are programs like that you can get on, especially with, like I mentioned before, PSB, they'll, uh, they'll train you. Um, but trade specialized, I haven't seen, seen anything yet. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And yeah, I guess overall thoughts, like how did your progression, I guess, just from start to end, how did it change the way you looked at things? Uh, um, it was, it was interesting on the, on the fitness side of things. I was, uh, I was learning a little bit, um, kind of seeing how my more, more on a, more on a personal level, I was learning to see how my body kind of reacted to this. Cause I've been like, uh, I've been training like a bodybuilder since the start. So having this kind of change was, it was really interesting to see something that I did notice right away though, was how, uh, how, how my lack of strength, just, just raw strength really, really affected me. Um, some things like, uh, like, push-ups and even lifting things like if I were to just move a bed or something I could feel that the strength that I had before wasn't there but on the flip side my uh my, my cardiovascular was was never better um we were training at uh, at altitude as well so that right away that conditioned you a little bit better and my, my cardio was honestly has been never better but I was definitely losing strength getting better cardio, getting leaner, but definitely, definitely losing a lot of strength. So now having been through that, what elements of the military fitness would you bring into a civilian setting? Say, once you get a, if you were to be a PT, for example, if you were to work at a gym or start your own gym, for example, for like vets or military personnel, obviously in, uh, even for your own training, like once you get, or once you have sort of more time you're not focused on the trade and you have access to a base gym, for example, without any, with less restrictions in terms of schedule. But I guess more so like on the civilian side of things, like in addition to what you already know about smart lifting, what would you implement from military fitness that you find that you think has a very good place just for most people, even gen pop, right? That could just, you know, enhance quality of life. Um, honestly, the, uh, the thing that I would improve or the thing that I would, I would really take away is the routine. Um, it honestly, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing it. What I would take away 
from from just square one would be the routine of it getting up we we did every morning for almost uh almost six weeks straight did get up pt didn't matter what we're doing it got the blood flowing it got you moving and it got you ready for the day um that's something that i would take away a hundred percent something that i didn't do in the past i would always work out in the afternoon something that i think a lot of people can benefit from on uh, on every intensity level are you super physically fit all right let's do some let's do a run we'll do some circuit training are you not get up go for a walk you know that's something that i would take away from a hundred percent would be the routine okay and so now having finished basic obviously you're still uh you know you're still on the military path has it changed anything that you wanted to do like long term have you found something new for example within the army structure that may interest you or um it's it's definitely the uh the experience now this is all this is like all very very limited experience obviously like this it goes without saying the fact that i'm i'm at the bottom of the food chain right now and this is just my one man opinion. Um, but the experience so far, the, uh, the initial impressions that I, that I've been, uh, exposed to and, uh, and, and the impressions that I've developed, there's, there's definitely something to be said about the opportunity and being at a certain level to, uh, to get opportunities, um, within a military context. So, that's something that I was aware of before I joined something that I was aware of something that I was, uh, was looking forward to, but it's almost now after finishing a course, um, it, it kind of puts that into perspective of how I want to pursue that. So being at a, uh, being at a, like performing at such a high level is something that I want to achieve and performing, um, on a physically fit level on such a high physically fit level. That's something that I want to achieve because right away I can see that that'll give you a leg up, that'll give you opportunity. And so I always say that I, I joined um, infantry in particular for the opportunities, for, for the courses, for, for all the cool stuff. Um, so I guess after completing basic and kind of seeing the, the different kind of people there are, the different drive that they have, their different aspirations, it, uh, it really solidified mine in wanting to be the best that I can to do the best that I can. Yeah, that's awesome. And so to kind of cap it off, what is, do you have any closing advice to people who are leaning towards the same path that you've been down? What, what could you tell them in order to prepare them? Um, if you're thinking about it, then right away, I would say, just do it. If you, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't applied yet, if you haven't spoken to a recruiter yet, just, uh, just take the first step and really get your foot in the door. That'd be my first thing because you will have chances are you will have quite a bit of time to think about it. But if you're, if you're getting ready to go, um, you know, you've been accepted, you're, you're good to go. Then the number one thing that I would say, and the number one thing that, uh, that really worked for me was, go in with a mindset to learn just these uh the staff that you have the resources that are available those are all there for you 
when you're in the push-up position, sweating in 30 degree weather may not feel like it, but it's there for your benefit. Um, so I would say go in with a mindset to learn, go in ready, go in thinking that it's, uh, that it's going to be harder than it actually is. Just really go in, prepare yourself, do your, do your running, make sure that you're, you're, you're strong, make sure that you're, you're eating right beforehand, getting a lot of sleep beforehand, all, all basic stuff, all stuff that everyone before they join should be doing, but really, really go in with a mindset to learn because if you do that then you'll you'll excel right away all right that's it all right thank you for tuning in to the multifarious podcast we hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did please do share tag us on instagram that whole thing at the multifarious podcast tag whoever the guest was and tag myself and tom at saluji underscore a and t.m.henderson. Thank you again for the listen and please enjoy the rest of your day.